Welcome to the Feast of Fit Health and Fitness show. Just so you know, this episode is a little bit different to my usual interview, but that's because it's taken straight from the radio show, which I do locally on 91.8 Hayes FM, which you'll notice there's a lot of adverts which I've had to cut out, so there's various bits that have just been chopped. But um, it's still a good interview. And as I said, this is the health and fitness show, which means all things health and wellness and not just fitness and gym and not just body positivity. It includes a lot of things. And the lady that I speak to in this episode talks a lot about her experience with with mental health, but not in the way that you normally think of it. We talk a little bit about spiritualism and um, God and your higher being, that kind of thing. So if that's not what you're interested in, then maybe this show isn't for you. But I like to have shows that fit all types of people and that's something that I'm really interested in and I think Amanda's a great character. So thank you to her for being on the show and um, I hope you enjoy. Money. Welcome to the Fustel Fit Podcast with your host, Nicola Fustel. Straight talking, body positive coach and personal trainer. Nicola brings you your weekly guide to finding real health and fitness and to live the life you deserve. Hi there. Hi Amanda, how are you today? I'm good. <laughs> so, Thank you for having me. You're welcome, thanks for coming. Well I actually met Amanda um, not long ago, we were on a, a TV interviewing skills course at Pinewood Studios which was quite interesting. Yeah, it was a fun day wasn't it? Yeah. So have you managed to use any of your interviewing skills so far? Uh, slowly but I think today is the first day that I'm... Um I'm uh, sharing. In the hot seat. Yeah, in the hot seat, <laughs> sharing the learning of the day. But the good thing about it is it's just radio, so there's no cameras. I know. Well, I, yeah. I was interviewed by you, wasn't I, at the show? Yeah. So it was good. And we had cameras. And for some reason, when there's a camera in your face, it just makes you a little bit nervous, doesn't it? It does, because you feel that there's the whole world. It's not just radio and local radio. It's like the whole world yeah. is out there <laughs> which for some reason makes everybody a little bit scared i don't know why yeah i shouldn't should it it's so are we going to be talking about fears or anything like that later on yes um fears anxiety insecurities pains um how to sort of move past that and connect with the world knowing that that life um brings up its own challenges and how we um look at ourselves and our identity our image within that brilliant and obviously being my show <laughs> and we always talk about health fitness and body image as well hopefully we can discuss that a little bit too so we've got the music now here is dead or alive and you spin me around we'll be right back Okay, and welcome back. So we're just going to have songs every now and then because I do really want to get into talking to Amanda. She's got so much to talk to us about. So if you have just joined us, this is the Fusil Fit Health and Fitness Show. And so we talk about all things to do with your health and fitness. And um, that includes obviously your body, but your mindset as well. And um, Amanda joins me as she has her own experience through her story where she actually suffered with ME and she managed to heal herself. So if we just dive straight in, Amanda, and if you want to tell us about your story. Okay, thank you. Um, well, this is going back. It was 21 years ago. But I, in those days, I was only about 21. And you can imagine, a, you know, just past 20-year-old, um, really living life to the full. I um, That year, I went to India for six weeks. And I also had a trip in Berlin. I was at the Hot School de Kunst, which is an art school in Berlin. And it was a lot to take in. It was oversaturation for sure. But during the trip in India, I um, 
picked up uh, salmonella poisoning and giardia and when i got back um i was very ill but the doctors um didn't do the stool test correctly and so it was left in my system for um over six weeks and then um, i was beginning to experience temporary paralysis without knowing you know what was happening and uh, eventually the test came back with the results um as i said and i was given heavy doses of antibiotics to kill the salmonella poisoning and the giardia uh, and i went back to uh, work at uh, my degree which was uh, in art at, by then winchester school of art uh, near southampton and i was struggling in a very active uh, degree with physical exertion to keep going from week to week and I started to uh, stay in bed on Wednesdays and that progressed to not being able to go out into the weekends uh, because I was just too exhausted and I wouldn't get out of bed um, and I felt like I had some kind of lethargy that just sort of crippled me and that went on for six months until I became temporary paralysis I uh, experienced temporary paralysis more regularly and then I developed full-blown ME, myalgic encephalosis. <laughs> I can never say it right. Can you explain like to that. us <laughs> what, what exactly is ME? Because, I, I mean, I've heard of MS. Uh -huh. uh, I've got a family member who suffers with that, so I'm quite familiar okay. with that. But what it's is very ME? very different to MS. Um, ME is, um, to me, and uh, nobody's really proved any theory uh, to be exactly right. To me, it's the breakdown of the uh, nervous system being able to communicate to the body because of lack of energy reserve which means that you've used up all your energy and your antibiotics have had an effect on you or your flu or virus has had an effect on you which has broken down your immune system and your ability to communicate with your internal uh, body system which is your nervous system and so you because the when you sort of want to pick up something with an arm or walk somewhere with a leg and then your body hasn't got the energy to communicate what you're trying to do it just blocks um and that energy block feels like it creates well it does create temporary paralysis and so you just fall down or you your arm goes limp or i had it in my eyes as well and i just had to wear um black um mask but it moved around my body actually and i had experienced different blocks in different areas um and it really does feel like an energy block um where it's which just sounds quite similar to adrenal fatigue as well are you familiar with that uh yeah um i'm not familiar with anyone that suffered from adrenal fatigue but it, it sounds familiar it sounds so is similar. me then always caused from something as you said you're having antibiotics because you had the illness it's always caused from a virus. They have worked that bit out. Um, but some people get it through jet lag, uh, which could be just a disorientation, but excessive tiredness that has completely imbalanced your system. That's amazing, isn't it? And here we are talking about health and fitness and many people out there who are already healthy and fit and going to the gym and wearing out our bodies, really, mm. because essentially to build muscle, you're tearing it down. Yeah. So we're able to do all those things and you don't even realise what's going on inside and yeah. how something as small as a virus could turn into not something that. major yeah. and, and your body's not able to move. And if you're exerting yourself a lot, like you're doing exercise like every day or every week and then suddenly you get heavy flu or heavy um yeah heavy virus from another country or something then yeah it can really corrupt your system yeah. so talking about the me then and your diagnosis how long were you suffering at that point uh so the whole illness lasted two years uh and 
so I was in the heavy part of it with the heavy paralysis for maybe a year. Uh, it was an incredibly lonely time, and I sort of in the t in the time frame, I really struggled with that sense of darkness that came from just not being able to move, uh, not having my life at the age of twenty one, and uh, not knowing when it was going to end. You know, it could be fifteen years that you were in that situation. That was incredibly traumatic, and then you'd feel like you were sort of beginning to get some energy together, and then you'd relapse again after a month. And that may be just in um, being able to go down the street kind of thing. It's not big movements. So did the doctors give you any hope then of getting better or any treatment plan? In those days, it was particularly... You were quite neglected by the doctors, actually. It was particularly not understood. And they had no treatment plan at all. Um, yeah, it's, 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 that was quite hard for me to accept that it was just a complete... So then Zoning what, kind of thing. <laughs> what happened next? Obviously, that was a very dark moment of mm, your life and obviously mm. you healed yourself. Yeah. Where was this process? What happened? How did, how did you make that happen? Well, books can be um, inspiring and there, there was... I was reading a spiritual book, actually, that helped me understand the soul um, and I had this little experiment inside where I thought, well, you know... I was meditating for, you know, maybe a year and a half in this state, not on purpose, but just by situation. And I suddenly realised, well, if our soul has lived for eternity, it must be quite wise. <laughs> it was like a 21-year-old experimenting with this thought. And I just suggested to myself that my mind takes a step back and I let myself come forward and share a way out of the situation or just, you know, see what happens because... If it's really been around for so long, it's so historical, it must have some kind of influence or answer or some knowledge. Anyway, that did create a lot of change. And in a month, I started to experience a change of perception. I started to relate to the world much more from an energy perspective, perspective and a spiritual perspective. And I even began to notice angels and spiritual beings I saw the dark side of it as well, like the more demon side, which was quite hard and tough. And there was a traumatic element to just suddenly coming through on that level. But at the same time, my energy and my body did replenish and I became plugged into the universal energy system, universal conscious, which enabled me to replenish the energy that I needed and um, feed off source energy, which is like a God conscious energy. And we talk about light and love and really tune into that and plug into it to um, enable a growth of energy. And so, so do you believe there was like an endless supply of universe energy and your body was just not attuned to it and you managed to tune yourself in and, and take some of that for yourself? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Yeah. So before that point, though, were you a spiritual person? Did you have religious beliefs? Um, no, but when I look, not knowingly kind of thing, but when I look back, I did attend church every now and again and I did sort of feel something was a bigger kind of consciousness was out there. Um, I had some strange experiences, but I, yeah, I was always into quite looking after people and curating. I was a curator, even in my teenage years at a school I was at um, for the little chapel there. Um, so I, di I didn't, but I wasn't conscious of anything. I was just sort of present with it. Uh, and but when I had this experience, I I when I especially when I saw the demons, I was a bit terrified to be honest. 
and I went to church the next day and I took communion, the red wine. Um, I, I'm from a Church of England background and it was powerful, the effect on me. It just, I suddenly felt this huge pillar of strength and I haven't experienced anything like it again. But it was like I was embodied by the Holy Spirit and Jesus and it, it, it was a kind of knockout kind of moment of spiritual awakening uh, but it's my story kind of thing and everyone has different stories and from then on I've never sort of I didn't go back into the church actually because they didn't help me with the demon issues I went on a spiritual path that was more about healing and spiritual enlightenment from a place of love and light and I became more universal in my spiritual understanding which means that I could um sort of get involved with all faiths and values and understand from a place of truth as far as um, understanding how to connect with people and love people and develop and grow from a more universal position. Which is quite interesting because I know certain religions and beliefs mm. are kind of one way and when you talk about spiritualism and psychicness and that kind of thing, mm. although they say they believe in it, they say that it's wrong. Mm. Absolutely, yeah, and you're not meant to heal either. Um, I mean, I've become a therapist, I'm a, a trained therapist in um, hypnotherapy and creative development therapy. Um, I have natural gifts with healing and energy, but I still also am accredited in all these ways. And I have an ability with empathy, which means that I can psychically tune in and be able to be present with that person um, in quite a lot of detail, tell them about their own lives and about what's really holding them back and how they're moving forward and all the rest of it. Uh, but there are, especially in the Church of England, I'm told to mend my ways <laughs> and commit to Jesus being the only healer. And even on a therapeutic level, I find it very hard to move in that direction. Um, and I feel quite marginalized. And I once took um, my book that came out in May, I took it to um, a Baptist church and I was showing some art there. I'm an artist in my background. And um, I was told, yeah, it would be welcome in other areas, but not this one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's kind of strange that you can be universal, but not everyone is. And so you're not always, you know, um, invited into uh, spiritual practice, even whoever you become. <laughs> It's really interesting and as you I was just thinking then as you were talking you've changed your career and your whole life ahead of you yeah. because of the situation the experiences that you've had and I was wondering what you did before and you just said that you were you did art so you were already a creative person yeah yes um art was always my thing um from a very young age at the age of 7 I really wanted to be an artist I found that I opened up to a much bigger profound energy by being creative and I found a lot of peace and uh, could meditate on even the universe I understand it to be now. And so that element was present to me as an artist, even from a very young age, but it wasn't understood that I was having such a profound experience just from being creative. Uh, but that was always there. So when you talk about the universe, do you mean... Oh, it is one twenty all of all of a wow. sudden. I just looked at you. <laughs> we're going to have to have a little break there. So we're going to come back. I wanted to ask you about the universe, and um, we shall do so, so small. <laughs> right after this break. So welcome back. That was um, Andrew Stevens there with a little bit of a Christmas thing going on because it's uh, it's december now and you know what? i was going to play some christmas songs but i wasn't very prepared today but i'm sure you're going to hear them on all the other shows on haze fm so tune in for all of that and i'll probably play you some next week um so we're back with amanda 
and we were just talking about the universe there. So I really wanted to ask, because law of attraction is something that I'm interested in. And when you mentioned the universe, Amanda, are you referring to the law of attraction? Is that something that you believe in as well? Yeah, the law of attraction, um, you know, the secret and um, various different uh, forms of manifestation. It's... uh, well, let's start with what is the universe and what do I mean by saying all this? Because I mean, it sounds like I'm talking about this massive thing in a very light way. So universal presence, to begin with, means that you realize that you are present with the whole universe as if at one with the universe in harmony, which means because of the, your presence being expansive through your energy and your sensitivity, you are in the oneness that we all are as a collective consciousness. And in that oneness, you can communicate and connect with all the different facets of universal love, understanding and creativity to be able to work on a profound level of experience. And that's how to harness the energies of the universe. So then if you want to bring that into a place of attraction and manifestation, it is about communicating and putting out there what you really want and desire. A bit like Santa Claus and writing your uh, Christmas letter to Santa. Mm -hmm. So the children there put out their wishes to the universe and then, you know, it goes beyond the responsibility of their parents to be able to see what else is possible in being able to create their wishes and desires. Uh, it's It does take a certain attitude, as you probably know, in, in creating this pathway forward. And so a lot of it is also reliable, reliant on being open, open to receiving and also opening up spaces where receiving can be... Um, Uh, helped for instance i have a donation box on my or a donation paypal account on my website which means that you know if people feel like donating (laughs) i'm open to receiving whereas if that wasn't there then um i uh wouldn't be able to easily be in a place of open-handed receiving It's interesting because some people will think of the universe and the law of attraction, Mm. this kind of thing, as woo-woo, which is a word I've heard of before, (laughs) a way of describing it. But then (laughs) a lot of people still admire and are inspired by people like um, Will Smith Uh and um, Uh Steve Jobs and, you know, very successful people. uh, Russell Brand is really into it as well. Yeah, I've seen some interviews with him as well. And it's really interesting because as a self-employed person, I'm really interested in people like that and even Alan Sugar, you know, and Richard Branson just looking at how they live their lives and how they've become successful especially from nothing or even having everything but then losing it and then working their way back up again I think on an entrepreneurial level that you have to get used to loss Um, a lot of entrepreneurs go through those cycles and um, it's quite normal um, uh, until you've got the right foundations in place and you've worked out all the different parts of how to make things really functional and also there's an emergence from the sort of seed grows into the tree and the branches bear fruit. And in that emergence, as us as self-employed people, we, we work with our development and then our communications and then we create products maybe or experiences or um, uh, we offer an understanding or, or, or share our presence one way or another. And that helps to uh, add value to the experience of us kind of thing. Yeah, so I was thinking of the people who call it woo-woo, you know, who are not really <laughs> believing, would still follow these people and, and be inspired by them and still 
believe and do the kind of law of attraction things, just not mm. see it in that way because they're not I really open see to. see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. Mm. But it's interesting that the way that they are successful is their mindset and they have that law of attraction mindset so they, they know what they want and they go and get it because it seems to be that when you don't know what you want, you're... You may still get what you want eventually, yeah. but you go around the bushes, you know, before you actually find it. You need to have that postcode in the sat-nav and then you're headed straight you to it. you have to believe in what you want, but it also has to be for your highest good. And it, the universe doesn't tend to, I feel, um, reveal itself or give until, until, unless you're going in that direction for your highest good. Mm. Yeah. Is there something to do with timeline as well? Like being patient for things. <laughs> Because I feel like with my um, journey to, to success in business, just mm -hmm. business, I've got the postcode in the sat-nav now. <laughs> <laughs> I know where I'm well, going and I'm, I'm willing the universe to help me. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's just a case of being patient. Mm. Do you agree? Um, I do. Well, I'm sort of trying to think from a person that isn't that spiritual and a person that is very um, spiritual. And the person that's very spiritual kind of... Um, carries patience with them and they let the universe unfold in their own way and it's like a labyrinth or a, a spiral that unfolds and you know from one day to the next you're on a journey and that journey you're not all in control of it's just your path and you know you're on some kind of mission or purpose but it just happens one step after another mm -hmm. the guy that's or the woman that's quite logical and um attuned to direction in a way that they focus on they tend to have quite a lot of control over their life as well they'll say if i want this i'll have it kind of thing um and that's two different ways of living and experiencing living um both of them valid there's nothing wrong with either of them but they people are designed in different ways and i think one has to be real about what is my design you know what works for me how am i arriving at this postcode yeah nicely said <laughs> so let's talk about psychic abilities and intuition and as you said you found yourself through your own experience where you were able to heal yourself and that's where you found that you had these psychic abilities do you think that they were always there and do you think that everybody has them but they just need to tune into it i think everyone can um become more intuitive empathetic empathetic but use empathy a lot more and um, be more aware with their senses. We're not taught that our senses are an intelligent system. And they are the, as far as I understand, the portal, the, the doorway into the universal understanding and spiritual intelligence, emotional intelligence, um, mindfulness, all, all the elements that bring collective consciousness together. Uh, we're, we're very much encouraged on an academic level to use um, our logical mind in that way. Uh, however, I think that when you start looking into what your senses are telling you and really listening to that, you start to build a language and awareness and you start to be able to realise um, that uh, there's more that you, you didn't realise you could uh, be intuitive with. We all have a gut feeling. We all have the odd dream that tells us something. Um, and I think th that it's more about harnessing that and realising how big that is. For me, I'm a twin. I've always had a sense of intuition. I've always felt my way in life. I've always lived a bit blindly, not knowing what I'm doing, but following my heart. Um, but it wasn't until after I had the experience with the ME that it really became massive. And I began to realise I was good at remote viewing. And then there's this soul mapping system I do in helping people and seeing who they really are on a soul level. 
and that helps to build up an, a really good understanding of what their why their life is as it is and what direction they're going in but most people react to things in quite similar ways and but they do need support um so we're going to ask you a bit more about that right after the news and welcome back. It's the Fustel Fit Health and Fitness Show on the 6th of December with myself, Nicola Fustel, and my special guest, Amanda McGregor. Hello. <laughs> so we've been talking um, about Amanda's journey, how she healed herself from ME, and how she now is a healer and helps people with their spiritual healings and intuition. And we've been talking about the universal law of attraction. So if you've missed all of that... I will be tweeting um, so you can listen in again later, but make sure you keep it locked because we have loads more to discuss. And we just mentioned before the break there about dreams and I was telling Amanda off air <laughs> that I myself have had some psychic dreams and I wouldn't really call myself a psychic person because they're not really about the world, but I have shared dreams with my sisters and I've like had a dream specifically about my sister being pregnant of a certain number of weeks and when I mentioned it to her, I was exactly right at that time. Yay. So it's <laughs> interesting. And it's good validation but actually what happens is often people say okay that's kind of evidence but then they just still discard it because it's like the woohoo kind of card comes yeah. out of like oh coincidence. I can't really yeah coincidence yeah. for you that's <laughs> the logic of it but you know actually it happened and you had some evidence there more how people that have passed communicate so people that have died often communicate through your dreams um i haven't had so much of that more mine are more like my subconscious telling me what's going on in a more universal way but it's it's quite um normal see i've had that as well when you mentioned the past um and then my my experience i just want to share this because obviously it is a health and fitness channel i am a fitness professional but years ago i did actually smoke and even though i was kind of the peer pressure and the age that we were in i mean these days people don't really smoke they've got all the um warnings on the packet so if they do smoke they're pretty silly (laughs) But my granddad always smoked. He smoked till he was like 80 something and, and he died. He didn't die of smoking. Mm. But, so, which is my mum's thing for let's just keep smoking because granddad was fine, you know. Uh, but when okay. he passed, I remember I was trying to give up smoking and I was getting into the fitness industry and thinking it'd be easier in the fitness industry. Not many people smoke. Yeah. Um, and obviously it is easier when you're surrounded by health and fitness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember yeah, I had this one cigarette on the side and I'd been thinking about it and I went to sleep that night and in my dream he was there and he said, don't oh. smoke. Oh, wow. And that was all That's he said. Yeah. And I woke up and that was it. I never smoked because I just thought Perfect. that was his message to me that it didn't suit my lifestyle and it wasn't in my future to smoke. Yeah. So well, that, that's beautiful in lots of different ways, apart from the fact that he really helped you. Um, but also it's your subconscious, which in hypnotherapy, we work in trance, which is when we're in that state of dream. And that's when real change happens. That's when you, if you feel out of control with an addiction, you can get back in control. So you were not only working with your grandfather, but you're also in the right headspace to put, to really activate your willpower. And so, yeah, that's where it can be really helpful and profound to where your dreams really make a difference in your life. And as I asked you before, before we had a little break there about people being um, psychic themselves and tapping into that, do you think that everybody has, I can't remember, did you answer that specifically, if everybody is a bit psychic or if they need something to help them to to get it out or to be a bit more open? Um, Well, I think the psychic aspects are about really connecting with your senses so it's about really listening to these aspects like dreams um if you have a gut feeling don't just say oh i've got a gut feeling about that look into it why have i what what am i really feeling about this make a space of awareness that means you can even write it down on a page and really get a grip on 
if you see a colour or if you hear someone, you know, someone's voice like a relative. My relatives tend to communicate to me through memories. So they will project in a memory of something I know about their life and then I will realise they want to communicate with me. And then I'll look into what they want to say and I'll receive the information because I'm aware I need to be in a place of receiving. Mm-hmm. So we're going to come back right after this break because it's break time again and I want to talk to you about the hypnotherapy. So if you're interested in hypnotherapy, keep... Okay, welcome back. So it's the Fusil Fit Health and Fitness show and we're about to talk to Amanda McGregor about hypnotherapy. And I've had my own experience with hypnotherapy and I, I wasn't sure if, if the lady was genuine or not and I, I maybe I wasn't relaxed uh, maybe I was hoping something strange would happen like Paul McKenna and, and I'd feel like an out-of-body person. Um, and since then, I've learned that hypnotherapy is like a different state of mind. It can just be a really relaxed state. So maybe you don't go into that kind of state where you're doing crazy things like you are on the Paul McKenna show. <laughs> but Amanda, you're obviously trained in hypnotherapy. Do you want to explain to us what it really is? Okay, so... Um hypnotherapy just works with the subconscious mind which is just the creative side of us which is the right side our left side is the automatic conscious logical part of us that likes to control bring kind of order to things like very a lot of discipline a lot of academic thinking um the subconscious is more the early development stages so between the ages of one to about six um of a child's growth they're very much in their imagination their creativity their sense of um visualizing the world you know with fairies and um sort of um playing camps and things like that there's huge strong creative mind set and when we work with hypnotherapy we're working with the imagination the creativity but we're slowing um down the brain waves to a point of uh, theta and that theta brain wave is just before sleep and what happens there is that the mind can process things in a way that gives us strength to deal with um our limited belief systems our intolerances our addictions are complications basically and it helps to give us strength to combat them and move past them so you're talking there about that um state of just before sleep mm. and does that because i i've seen some of those audios where you learn language while you're going yeah, to sleep i want to try that as well i've tried them but they just send me to sleep <laughs> <laughs> maybe because it was chinese as well <laughs> you, were, you were trying on a hard level yeah it was but um does that really work then well, I haven't tried the language one, but it's really <laughs> tempting. I went to learn Italian and I was kind of struggling with it. But, you know, I wouldn't mind um, having a go. But I think I might be a bit similar that I fall asleep with it. Um, but I, maybe I, I was think just there exhausted. Is, I think there's, you know, maybe it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes before you actually get to sleep. So if you use that, even though it sounds like a small amount of time, it's worth using that in that state of awareness mm. and just trusting the process with it just a little bit here and there but really it's good to properly sleep rather than processing too much yeah in at night because otherwise we don't probably let go yeah mm. and what is the difference then between hypnotherapy and meditation uh well they're very similar um it's a good question because i started off doing deep meditation and worked with visualization for a long time before i became trained in hypnotherapy and I hadn't realized um I was half trained in hypnotherapy, but not completely, but I hadn't realized how much of hypnotherapy processes I was using. Um, now, the difference is simply that you create deepeners, which which is deeper relaxation states to move into this theta brainwave 
um, which allows um, a much more embodied experience with it all. And so meditation, we tend to um, try and create an empty head and then we build on the relationship with our soul and our deep sense of peace and calm. Um, then we start introducing visualization and communication with our soul and light and love. And then we deepen that effect to create a kind of a space where we just let go into this really big, wide, open sort of void of light and, and white space and safety and security. And when we let go on that profound level and we just let ourselves drift off into that kind of floating environment, that's when we're in the right space to create change. I can imagine your voice is very meditative. So if anybody's driving right now, yeah, wake up. <laughs> open the windows. <laughs> it's okay. That's the trouble, isn't it? When, you, when you're driving, it's a bit like a meditation and yeah, can easily send you, you off. You have to be careful. Because, well, the other thing <clears throat> is that hypnotherapy um, has got a lot of um, um, uh, sort of more dramatic kind of aspects to it in the sense of the Paul McKenna and everything um but really it's it's something you visit every day and so when you're driving you do actually go into the theta brainwave and you do go into a hypnotic state just because you're in the car and the like um the trees are passing and the light and the shadow you've got that rhythm going on we should stop talking about it (laughs) (laughs) but on the lines of hypnotherapy how do you use hypnotherapy to help people as you mentioned before smoking so stopping smoking yeah on a mainstream kind of normal day life thing it's about confidence about losing weight like having the strength to create a lifestyle choices um and be more active and everything um and then looking at what stops you what's in between you and that as, as a process uh and then there's uh, various different aspects of relationship and confidence again uh, to do with uh, all the difference to giving up smoking and um, what else do we do? So do, does it work for everybody? Do they all get into the same state? No, there are people struggle to be influenced sometimes people like to be in control <laughs> well do you think because i think so, with smoking some people actually don't want to give up so they may attend a session like a hypnotherapy quit smoking session but they, they actually don't want to therefore they're yeah. holding on somewhere inside and then they're it attaching work. Yeah. yeah so that's called resistance um and if someone's doing that then you have to kind of work out why they want to attach to the situation often they want they don't want to work with you because it means that they have to allow you to be dominant over them and people for safety like to have keep their egos intact and create a safe environment where they're fully in control and so the best way to get through that resistance is talk it down and work out a sort of way of subservience with dominance and just make an equal kind of relationship where they're open to your suggestions and if the person's open to your influence then you can work with them but if they feel that they need to remain in control then they can't work with you because it means that they're quite individualistic and they can't move into a more collective understanding or a more collaborative experience and so you have to be able to be collaborative to be for it to work so is this where it doesn't work when somebody's partner wants them to give up smoking and books them in for a session but that person doesn't really want to exactly they're not yeah. really there for their own free will it's quite it's you're quite it's it's quite there are different techniques you can use to quickly find out if that's the case but 
And the same thing with like intrinsic and extrinsic motivation with people and exercise. Yeah. And obviously some people want to exercise like inside them they feel yeah, the need to yeah. have movement whether it be dance whether it be gym whatever it may yeah. be and then other people have they've gone to the doctors and the doctors told them so from the outside they've got this influence that tells them right you need to go and work out or do something for your health and and how does that how does that work with the motivation uh yeah so pe people have to be inspired don't they to to um enjoy what they do and to want to do it and they have to see a vision of where they could get to with a reward of of that experience and it may be that they want the lifestyle that comes with being a healthier shape or having a healthier lifestyle but you know they have to really see themselves as that person and want to embody it um as uh, an everyday experience okay so we're going to have a, a song now and then if you've got any questions you can tweet them in and then we're going to answer them after this song so off air then uh, when the tune was on about addictions because I think when she mentioned hypnotherapy and, and smoking you know it leads quite nicely into addictions so would, do you want to talk to us about how you can help people with addictions yeah well there's um, various different kinds of addictions from drug abuse to alcoholism and then there's food like sugar is an addiction and then um, we have the intolerances as you know um, with all that and then we have addictions to exercise adrenaline um, lots of different ways where we become dependent on something to function and that dependency is like creating um it's like a false world uh we're building our foundations on insecure um grounding and so with hypnotherapy we look at why we've created those coping strategies and that codependency and how we can then enable the grounding to become stronger and choose a higher road of value system which means being able to really nurture and nourish ourselves in care and self-love to be able to create um, a much more um, a beautiful experience of living with people that really do genuinely care and love and want to be involved and inspire and that um, hypnotherapy is very good at working out the details of what's caused that um, if there's been impact or trauma which means um, if something's happened like you've been assaulted or if you've got some pain from the past that needs um, looking at and clearing or if there's other issues on an ancestral level or past life level, we can even go that deep. Um, genetics as well and karma is relevant to that. Because there's two types of addictions, isn't there? And there's like the, the physiological addiction, like for example, alcohol, you can actually get addicted to, yeah. you know, the drug. Yeah. And then there's other addictions which are more mental. Yeah. So you're you're making the addiction. Yeah, that's true. There's like self-sabotaging addictions, which are a mental where you're you're addicted to the the emotional experience or the negative response of of sort of maybe isolating yourself or like self-harming or um, being able to or just thinking negative things about yourself um, for sure. Exercise. And definitely, when it comes to exercise addiction, that I. I have exercise addiction, as I was saying to you before, mm -hmm. and it because it's the kind of thing that we promote as healthy. Yeah, it's it's applauded that if you exercise too much, you know, yeah. people don't realise that it can be quite damaging to your body to overexercise. Yeah. But there are the physiological and there's the mental state of it. Yeah. So it's it's the the mental state is the not letting go and needing to exercise for whatever reason. So if yeah. you are having a, an eating disorder, that kind of thing, which I've spoke about in the past. Um, that can be, be like a reason a that you, yeah, you need to have the exercise. But then mm -hmm. on the on the other side of things, and I think the physical 
addiction happens a lot of instructors have it because they do exercise to a certain level which is more than the average mm. person mm. and then you do get used to those endorphins mm. and then when you're not having those endorphins you feel a little bit depressed yeah and it's not that you're depressed but you're on such a high yeah that that high comes marginally down you yeah. feel that you're really yeah. low you don't realize that you're creating a bipolar experience in yeah it all um because you're sort of going into the bliss and euphoria of high energy and workout and feeling really good and pumped up and pumped like in all ways and then you you experience the, the crash at some point which is yeah. a bit like a sugar crash or um just the the down you experience the the depths that you were f- sort of moving away from the, of the sadness or whatever else other pains that uh was causing you to want to be exercising in the mm-hmm. first place and so it is quite important that these pains are acknowledged the the vulnerability of why the complications are acknowledged and that we share and talk about these things so that must be the similarity between all addictions that you get the highs and the lows and you get addicted to the highs uh yes um uh, from a creative perspective there's even um as a as an artist or um when you put out a book you have a high in the promotion of that and you go right up um my brother's a filmmaker he goes he he puts he does a project and he's right up and then at the end of it you crash because the entire reality suddenly changes and you're back to living at home and simple life mm. and you don't know how to deal with that 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 ups and downs so it's some of it's you know part of life and some of it's just uh the craziness of um of running away from something you can't be present with the bit where it's part of life is actually quite healthy thing isn't it because it can keep you achieving so when you're saying your brother in in business Mm -hmm. you get highs where you you promote a book or a film or whatever and then you get the lows because there's something you're not working on because i think as humans we feel most um happy when we're pushing towards some things it's not necessarily you've got the success you've got that postcode that you're aiming for but you're on the way to it and we feel happy yeah i mean the irony is i i wrote the book a a life of bliss in and published it in may on amazon but it um afterwards i just wanted to go into my little home and i wanted to behave as a writer not as someone that put it out there and so i had my my down period after the book i realized that i got a different place to where a lot of my gone to a different place in my postcode to a lot of my friends and then I was in the experience of having to rebuild my foundations and work out, well, why don't I want to go to the next level of being out there with it and promoting it with it? And there was a lot of comfort in my little cave of writing where I felt like I had my, um, I was safe in my environment and I could just share my information without it being judged. I didn't have to experience rejection or failure. Mm-hmm. So we're going to ask you about your book right after the news. Welcome back. So the time is 2.05 and we, you are listening to the Fustal Fit Health and Fitness Show on 91.8 Hayes FM. So today we've been having a little bit of different discussions, still related to health. And um, we've been talking a little bit more about mindset and intuition and hypnotherapy. And most recently, addictions. So we're going to just go back on that because we had to stop there for the, the local news. So can you explain to us about addictions? We were talking about the highs and the lows and the, how, the similarities between different addictions. Uh-huh. And obviously, some are physiological, like they at, you are actually addicted to certain things like drugs. Substances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, then there's... The mental addictions mm. where you, you get addicted to the highs and you get attached also to self-harm and it could be through eating or um sort of or uh self-harm literally with razors or something um or suicidal thoughts um 
and the addiction of, of sort of the darkness of, of revisiting it again and again. So how can you help people with that? Obviously you do your hypnotherapy, but I know you do lots of other types of therapies, Reiki healing yeah. and that kind of thing. And, and I, I've devised something called creative development therapy, which integrates all these different holistic approaches. Um, and, but really we're looking at what are the limited beliefs, what's the level of impact, so, so uh, impact. So when I read Souls... And I read Souls um, in a very um, detailed way for about five years in Covent Garden and saw over 4,000 people. I realised that if someone has deep impact from an assault, a, um, uh, a trauma or a loss, it's very difficult for them to um, heal. And that is like a, a bullet in their, their energy system that is like a wound that really needs a huge amount of um, of uh, care and attention for the person to emotionally be understood, connected to, and to um, come out and emerge in the world uh, without developing... I mean, they tend to develop various different disorders as a result um, or otherwise um, coping strategies or use the ego to rise above things or to create a safe world or to control. So all of these aspects uh, need to be taken care of. And what we do is we look at the... I give a soul reading to look at the energy system of the person and I look at how the impact has affected them. And then we put in foundations, we put in platforms, we put in the right care and attention and we make sure that the person can look for the right... their needs. So their needs are met and when their needs start to get met, then development starts to happen and then communication and emergence starts to move towards them being able to live through their their inspired passions and um, create their lifestyle in a way where they can have a relationship they can hold down a job they can create healthy living because a lot of these things you're talking about go a lot deeper within a person mm. but presumably they will come to you with one surface level issue and think right this is my problem i need help yeah. with that and then you break it down into things that go a little bit more deeper um, what yeah, other kind of things some people also just need they're sensitive people that can't manage the stress in their life because maybe they're working in an environment that doesn't suit them um on a sensitive level because the lights are really painful to their eyes or the way that the bosses bullies them or um there's that aspect um that i attract a lot of sensitive people i attract a lot of creative people that say artists that need to be entrepreneurial but they need some help getting the right business plan and model um or they could be filmmakers or they could be um uh, just just entrepreneurs generally like of one kind or another and these types of people um all need long-term help anyway to just maintain living and lifestyle then you get the people that know that they've got something wrong like an addiction a dependency or an eating disorder and they know that they need to deal with something because it's really hitting um hitting the point of like where if they don't do something there's no return kind of thing it gets worse and worse and so they need long-term care for that where there's a secure and stable platform for them to develop and grow and change then you get people that are just interested in what what is it i do how is it gonna make them feel good and they're just interested in the profoundness of it all um they might want a past life regression they might want a psychic reading they might want a pick me up energetically and so there's various different reasons to get involved um and 
I might give them feedback about that they're not seeing about their life purpose and their mission or about their relationship circumstance or about someone that they realize has got a very weird effect on them but they don't know why it's causing them pain um maybe they're the person's quite bullying or pushy or maybe it's just that they have this antagonistic way um but the resentment's building up and they need to look at what the issue is so how do you find out all of these things with somebody because presumably as i said they may come to you maybe it's just back pain you know or stress yeah. and because obviously being being a healer yeah. with whatever healing that it is that you're going to use on them you know how how many sessions or how many hours does it take for you to really dig deeper in and get it's to this the source of it. level um, yeah it's very quick to give someone a psychic reading you can kind of scan them in 10 minutes and and then you can see kind of where the issues of harm kind of are really affecting um and then it's it's possible to start the long-term work but i mean really um we do about half an hour um consultation before we do any hypnotherapy but in that i will use their the information they give me i'll use intuitive information and we'll see just what comes up and then the guidance when we go into hypnotherapy tends to be quite profound in where we're going as well and talking about the long-term care obviously they're going to see you mm -hmm. have hypnotherapy or the various other things that you do is there things that they can do at home for themselves for example self-care mm, sure especially with their diet and um in positive thinking and becoming very aware when they create negative thought patterns um, and also mirroring, which means that they might develop some intuitive aspects of how they see themselves and their image of themselves. So by just looking in a mirror and just tuning into how they're experiencing themselves and what they, they could maybe feel or see or how they could be positive in um, a stronger way. So in that respect, and as I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, so if you're just listening now and you didn't listen to the beginning, I'm hosting a screening of Embrace, which is a body image movie run by Taryn Brumfit. She's, well, she's the creator of it. And um, so you're talking about body image there. Mm -hmm. It'd be amazing to just speak to those people who are interested in that kind of thing, who may be, as I was before, look mm -hmm. in the mirror and are just really deeply unhappy with the way that they look. Yeah. Uh, and it yeah these actually having a moment to confront it you don't realize the little voices inside you that aren't allowing yourself to be seen as beautiful or as strong or as um sensitive or as um just out there like someone special or talented and you you have these little thoughts that kind of move around and you don't realize that you've been listening to them for years because I find what's really interesting, the more I've been doing work with body image and listening to other people, is that the body image is, is a secondary thing that generally we just go about the world and we are just living in our bodies and, and you know, just caring about our daily lives. But something may happen, it's totally unrelated to your body and you internalise that to mean you, there's something wrong with you. Mm. And then you start to think, oh, there's something wrong with my body, I need to change my body. When really, if you look outside of that, there was something that happened that made you know, that you needed to deal with, you not necessarily knew how to deal with it and it internalised to your body image. Yeah, I mean, I had um, a trauma when I was a child and I used to pull my eyelashes out and I had no idea I was doing it. And um, I didn't want to be beautiful as a child because of that. Uh, and, you know, I wanted to be flat-chested. I didn't want to be seen by predators. Um, and I knew that growing up 
that that's how I wanted to create myself a sense of self and then growing up I realized how much pressure there was to have eyelashes <laughs> to have big boobs to like and I was like wow I really like to create um, my relationships from a deeper level of experience and understanding but I realized how many people like want to judge my image or whatever and although I'm sure of my values I still come across like men even that say well you know you haven't got quite the right body for me you're like you haven't sort of grown your eyelashes in quite the right way <laughs> I'm like okay whatever <laughs> and I'm a bit anti expecting like that I should be, you know, treated in this way, but it's the reality of the world out there that there are yeah. some people that attach to body parts. Which is very sad in a way, because mainly it's the media mm. and, and the things that are put out there, especially with Instagram now, Facebook and everything, people are posting their best selves. Yeah. So, I mean, we're all guilty of it, taking a yeah. picture with the certain filters and in a Absolutely. certain angle. And it's always great to see yourself looking amazing. Yeah, and that's one of the things I say to people as well. If you do feel rubbish about yourself just because you've looked at somebody else, then just unfollow those people because they're probably not giving you the real image. Yeah. Most people look completely different in real life and you can put your own picture up there with filters on and everything. Yeah, and I think it's okay to be real as well. I mean, I went through this thing, having, having made these decisions as a child, should I be then transforming my body to be something, you know, that stood up in, in um, high-end society as... as graceful and beautiful with the right body structure and everything and I was like well you know I've been given this body and this life for an, for a reason I'm on this path for a reason I have to trust what that is you know it's like God willing it's like whatever I'm going through or experiencing is real to me and it's my story and I can carry it because this is the life I'm living and do you think having had ME and your body were being paralyzed for however long that it then gave you a, a new body image because you appreciated your body for what it can do and that you're actually able to move around now and, and do things. Yeah, absolutely. I, I made, I was sure that I'd sort of push myself to another level on a, like I used to run and things like that, but now my joints, I'm quite protective over how I'm very active and I'm every day I do exercise, but I'm quite protective about being healthy within that because of, um, the long term and um i'm quite aware also of the boundaries of my body and what it what's good for it what it wants to do i give it a lot of permission to choose its exercise routes and also to enjoy it so when i swim i swim a lot under under the water like a mermaid and that's my fun that's my freedom that's how i feel kind of uh i don't know well, free. Really. It's interesting you say that because <laughs> I, I felt like that. I, I wrote a blog about that actually, swimming under the water. I'm not a swimmer, and I used to consider myself a land person. And um, I did swimming <laughs> lessons, and when I eventually got under the water, oh, I was so peaceful under there. Yeah. I just felt the need to blog about it. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I always it is. It's silent feel and you've got like so much yeah. room to move, and you can you can do you know all these dancing kind of like I I spin myself over and I dive deep and yeah, it's just a sense of well, that's of a bit more experience. advanced to me <laughs> <laughs> you'll get that <laughs> i'm still a newbie <laughs> but i always find just um a bit being i find i'm more creative in a space like that like under yeah. the water where it is calm or even yeah. when i go running i feel like that's where i then get the creation Zone for out. writing and yeah. for blogs yeah that's interesting because you are zoning out you're going into that different mind space yeah which is um you know more meditative 
and so it is good to find an exercise that you do go into that trance-like state a little bit more because that's when you can process what's happening in your life in a healthy way yeah but it's interesting though that a lot of people i speak to of a certain age not saying anything about you by me myself <laughs> um that it's young people like when they just get into the gym they they, they think of the gym as aesthetics only yeah. you know whereas as you get older you start to look at the longevity yeah, yeah. and your real health you know as you mentioned your joints and that kind of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. and what you can do now you need to be doing when you're 80 because yeah. we'd like to be fit and well and alive at 80 yeah you know absolutely. when you're when you're like new to the gym and in, in your 20s yeah or younger than that even you're thinking yeah. about just aesthetics only and even if you do stuff that that may affect your joints you don't really care about them because no, all you can I think know. about is the here and now and i mean it, there is great benefits in in that but it's one has to be also aware of the other benefits and the other rewards and how to get harmony with all of that um that you're not just doing it to keep up with your job that might be relevant but then is your job pressurizing you too much is it stressing you out too much because again you're going back to putting a plaster over something and mm -hmm. really you should have a deep relationship with the physical activity you do um, the ones I do are transformational as well. So I do trance dance, which is um, done um, in a kind of shamanic way and allows uh, transformation in specifically. So I visualize, I have a journey of visualization when I'm dancing. And it's, it's the, what I go off is the drums. It's completely, we just drink water, but we enjoy the vibe of the drums and it lets us trance out on, on the journey of it amazing yeah <laughs> so i am going to talk to you a little bit about eating disorders as well after the break so if eating disorders is something that you're not happy listening to or it's a little bit triggering for you then feel free to tune out at this point and um join us back afterwards so we have a little break now and we'll be right back so welcome back to the fusil fit health and fitness show so we're going to talk to amanda mcgregor about her book so her book is called a life of bliss and i was asking her off air and how long it took her to write it can i ask you like what is the process of writing a book because i'm writing a book and I'm, I'm just really interested on a personal level yeah i think um you have for me it was a calling it was like okay it's time now and that that understanding of it's time now it, it sort of comes to people in different ways um, some people know they've got a book in them but they don't know when to write it or if their situation's ever going to be right to enable that and you do need as you know a lot of time to write a book i was using three days of my week when i wasn't earning any money as a result because i was writing and so you have to be in the right circumstance and for me the right circumstance and the right environment was due to i'd worked in covent garden for five years i'd seen 4,500 people i was burnt out but i didn't want to lose all that learning i learned a huge amount by seeing so many people loads of different cultures loads of different belief systems understandings traumas investments like people were in in in, in their lives in different ways there's a lot of corporates as well as entrepreneurs as well as social workers it was like everything and they came from around the world and i didn't want to lose that understanding i had so i wanted to write it down in a way that was accessible to people um, that was also like doing market research. I'd done my own market research and I wanted to communicate the results of that. So with all that experience at the time, did, were you writing like a diary or blogs along the way? So it was oh, all yeah. current? Well, the book I was separate, I did that after rather than during. It took me quite a long time to process. It took me two years to process the learning after I'd, I'd worked for five years. During that time, I did do blogs and I did do radio um, things. But during the consciousness of 
that period so i was like going on what was current then and what, what i was noticing then um afterwards though it was it was more um a kind of conclusion and i wanted to reward to to, to bring through the learning so did you write it all yourself or did you have like a, a ghostwriter or somebody help you put it all into perspective and timelines and that kind of thing that would have been nice um i did <laughs> I, I did it myself um so i work with independent types and entrepreneur types but i i think looking back i would have loved to have been more collaborative with it but it was it was like it was happening now and i had to write and i would say just go with it um because it doesn't always work to work with other people anyway um in these processes because the amount of the way it all works together you need to to have a certain amount of say anyhow i did there is a structure to the book which is about the word org and how that moves us from a place of individualization into um a collective so from the organ to the organization to the orgasm to the all we are all one and so it's all about blissful living as a, a shared sense of union in 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 light and in love uh, and so it comes from a creative understanding as well of I've shared my sort of philosophy and creativity but I've also created an access point for people to meditate and to communicate and to develop and grow but with an intimate understanding it's very it can be quite intimate apart so would people pick up the book because they want to have some spiritual healing would it help them get through a situation yeah a lot of people just pick it up day by day and they take on the inspiration of that paragraph that they've kind of just opened it so at. is it a motivational tool it can be a motivational and it can also though if you read it cover to cover it, it does actually build up into a lighter lighter experience of living because i cover it's holistic in the sense that i cover work relationship family life how to see through your senses how to experience things how to harness your intuition how to work then with also court cases intolerances healthy eating healthy diet vitamins that kind of thing and sounds like you could have a book on each of those subjects <laughs> <laughs> probably it's quite a big book isn't it um if you think that um yeah i could probably do stage two on each one <laughs> so what can people expect to to find in the book support to living like to making core decisions about um about how to deal with one thing or another like bullying or like uh, management or like how to work out their passion for their business for so if they're an entrepreneur and they want a mission statement it's like you can look at your bliss um how to deal with members of the family that are not so is it like an active book then so you've got like things that you need to do like work yeah so there's meditations and then there's um an ability to work out what is your mission and your passion and so it's really about and also clearing resistance to living through the heart from a healthy relationship from knowing how to connect into say the angels archangel michael how to clear demons like how to um come into your creativity then we talk about the autonomy of creation so we look at different processes with creativity like um painting abstractly like painting like watercolors uh writing automatic writing so writing from your higher conscious or your subconscious and so there's ways that people can come into their poetry their painting their like work out how to express themselves and communicate and so in order to get life. the benefit from the book do you have to be a spiritual person no you don't but you do have to be open to the possibility that your senses can give you a lot more than just um you know you have to be open to 3d living which means living in a multi-dimensional way 
So like what I call the surface level, which reminds me when I was talking about my blog, I think that's what I was thinking with the swimming under the water was mm. that there's a deep level mm. and then there's a lot of people swimming on the surface who just seem to be yeah. in a bubble land and don't realise yeah. what the world's what's going on absolutely in i mean that is called deep diving when you deep you go deep and you work out okay why have i got stuck here or why am i not behaving or performing that way and then you dive down and you rescue those emotions and you kind of give them some love care and attention and then you start to move forward you start to bring that back to the surface but you you kind of then call in other parts of yourself to support that and then eventually you're all acting as one but yeah you, you don't just live on the surface you live right the way through the depths of your being so I think we've, we've covered so many things already today and a lot of, um, you know, ups and downs with emotions and um, some dark conversations as well. So what we're going to do after this break is Amanda's going to give us some top tips which are going to be really positive and motivating and hopefully make, leave you feeling inspired for the rest of the day and week. So we'll be right back after this. Okay, so... Amanda's going to share her first two top tips with us. Okay. The first two are if you're stuck and you don't know how to move forward with your business or your lifestyle or your partner, always self-interrogate yourself on a piece of paper. Like always say, why am I stuck? Why can't I move forward? What do I do need to do? What values do I want to live by? And then always move into those value systems and create from a place of communication by explaining your vulnerabilities, why you're feeling as you are and what you need to move forward. Do you think it's a little bit like learning what you want writing down a list of all the things you don't want and then you realize the things that you do want in life uh yes i do but you you also realize what is the hurdle into getting to where you what you want so if if you're like wanting to get to your postcode um but you don't have a car then the hurdle in getting the car what would it take to get a car what kind of financing is available what is a process or do you need a bike have you got a bike is that working is there public transport? Da, 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 da. It's like, it, is there a way you can get more money to help you on public transport? Is there a way to be able to um, to to find another resource for cars? Which is great because it's not all the airy fairy stuff about just getting you to the postcode. It's actually real life and how you're actually going to do that on a day to day basis. Yeah, it's like you have to be real. Like, what is the practical problem? Like, it may be also your home. It doesn't suit what you want to really create and be whether it be a family or a workplace you might need an office you might need a way for people to drop by and what about your tip number two tip number two is don't be afraid of your dreams your dreams are that are attached to your higher conscious they are the guidance into your mission into your purpose and although they feel sometimes a bit airy fairy because it's like oh i want to be this or that it's it's not about attaching to them it's about visualizing them and what would it be if you were to arrive at those dreams how would it feel what blessings would come to you if you had arrived at the right place and you were standing strong as that person then always nurture and nourish yourself in a way of care self-love health um, healing to enable that process to actually happen how can we do that self-love self-healing and self-care always be open to inspirational people that can nurture you take take care of you so therapy is okay it shouldn't be something that's scary it's really just allowing development in and it's allowing you to just join up the dots in your life and allow life to happen always embrace life because anything that enables you to live more helps you to be more successful 
I think that's so true and what you mentioned earlier about the ego just letting that ego go and just mm -hmm. getting help because I actually yeah. think everybody should have coaching yeah you know and coaches need a coach exactly. as well and it's just going to get you to that next level absolutely and there's lots of free mentoring out there like really a lot it's, it's part of the life we lead is like people are happy to help they there's a sudden realization in our lifestyle that it feels good to help another and that that in much more community life it, it's really available if you if you say your vulnerabilities but what we're not good at is presenting our vulnerabilities in a way where we feel safe and if we can trust that process a bit more of saying yeah this feels scary but i need to move forward this and what's the best way that enables help to come and for us to find our strengths okay so we're going to have a song now and get together the rest of the top tips so that was a, a little bit of a trip down to the 80s there men at work and down under and we're having some top tips to leave you feeling positive and inspired and motivated so we've had the first two amanda would you like to share with us the next top tip the next top tip is always share your vulnerabilities if you're scared if you're feeling alone if you're feeling insecure because by sharing that it's it's acknowledged and then you can move into where you want to be and moving into where you want to be you'll have the right support and the right um, experience of it so but what we tend to do is use our egos to protect ourselves from our vulnerabilities and that really turns our worlds upside down so that's why always share your vulnerabilities do you think also there's a part of it where just saying things out loud it can help yourself like almost counseling yourself yes um emotions have to be acknowledged and vulnerabilities have to be acknowledged and then then you're counseling yourself as soon as you've done that that you don't have to sit in grief you don't have to sit sit in loss but you have to acknowledge it you have to acknowledge how big it is in words and then you can re be released from it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what have you got for us next the next one is do what you can to be healthy. So there's certain things that you know are in your range to be healthy with habits of healthy eating and positive thinking around activity. And so whatever you feel good about doing, choose it um, and choose healthy decisions and nurture your positive processing around those health, healthy decisions. So if you think in positive ways, keep on adding to that, keep on building on those positive think th thoughts and that positive eating and that positive activity and the nurturing of the energies around that. And then we were talking a little bit about getting out your comfort zone as well. Have you got a tip for us how to do that? Uh, so to get out your comfort zone you, and you, you've got all your resistance going on because you know you need to go somewhere to your postcode <laughs> or somewhere else um, and uh, you're resistant because you know it might be scary, you might feel threatened, you might not be, find the people you hope to be there or there or you might feel undermined. Um, the trick is to look at is this going to be a light or a dark experience when I'm actually there? Not in the resistance of breaking through, but when you actually experience being there. So just visualize yourself there. Now notice intuitively in your gut feeling, in your mind's eye, how it feels to be there. Like, does it feel like you're going to be met? Does it feel like someone's going to um, enjoy you or that there's another journey beyond it? And once you've intuitively understood that, you'll know how safe you are. 
So it's interesting talking about going getting through your resistance leads me to think about limiting beliefs because those are the things that come up when you push through your resistance. Like yeah. if what you're scared of getting out your comfort zone is is maybe public speaking, like standing on stage in front of a load of people, you could then have your limiting beliefs of I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I've got nothing good to say, they're not going to like me, and all yeah. of those kind of things. Do you have any other lasting last tips there about getting um, like breaking through Exposing your limiting yourself. beliefs? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the problem is the more exposed you become, the more the limiting beliefs shine a light and then they magnify in you when you're in that moment. Um, it's trusting. Trusting the world at large is going to receive you, that your presence is enough as a beginning. Like, just being present and standing there, that's enough as a beginning to just be available to people. The fact that you're open and you put yourself there and you're allowing people to just be present with you, it's then you're in a position to care for them, to love them, to enjoy them, to choose to have a positive experience. And then you can bring that positive experience into a much more collective intellectual, it depends what you're presenting on or like what you're talking about, but you can choose, choose an avenue of uplift and you can choose to a journey with it that helps people to see beyond their own fears and i would like to share a tip of my own actually in, in that instance about public speaking for yeah. example and also it relates to fitness because the reason how we get these limiting beliefs is because we've done an activity something bad has happened and then we've told ourselves that's going to happen again so then we get scared to do it again because we think the same thing's going to happen it goes round and round in circles when actually the way to stop that is to force yourself to do that thing that you're scared of. Yeah. For example, with, with the case of fitness, some people could have their very first run mm -hmm. and then because it hurts, it feels yeah. like pain, yeah. they get tightness in the chest mm -hmm. and they put all of those bad situations to the running and then when they feel like they want to go for a run, they remember the bad situation and it's almost yeah. like a limiting belief. Yeah. So they almost have to push through that yeah. and then the next run becomes a bit easier and a bit easier and then they're able to go out and run and actually enjoy it. Yeah, being real to these these aspects, though, of saying that I feel vulnerable because my tights, my chest is tight and I'm out of breath and it feels pain and I spent three days getting over this and I couldn't move at work and I needed to perform and my legs were wobbly. <laughs> it's sort of like it, we know that it takes six weeks maybe to go into the aerobic body. So it's like tr trying to put a plan with those vulnerabilities, but being, again, real, talking about it, saying, I'm scared of this, I don't know how I'm going to get through it, what, what management plan should I use, because I do need to turn up in a fit way, um, and I need to get past this. And with the public speaking, like, we've got six minutes to go. <laughs> okay. But with the public speaking, because I, I have this fear as well, and I've just, like, overcome it. I went and done some, like talk mm. it was only a tiny one but it's that first oh, step awesome. yep. to get over the last time i publicly spoke, spoke. to people mm -hmm. and it was a complete nightmare <laughs> so i could have just had yeah. a self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy and said you know what it's always going to be a complete nightmare mm. and then never go and do it mm. so as i had to go and push through that fear yeah but then there are some techniques aren't there that you can use you and can. I, I read on your website earlier you do eft yeah emotional freedom technique that yeah is. so things yeah. like that i mean if you could explain very very quickly <laughs> um, what that's about to people because yeah. i've used that before and it works that's a process of tapping or massaging certain meridian points if you look up eft and look for the meridian points you can do that to move through any blocks that you have in fear or insecurity and that helps you to prepare to be ready to go out there without any negative feelings around the situation you let go of your emotional baggage within and another thing i find really good there's a, a youtube video on a ted talks by a lady called amy cuddy uh-huh and she talks about power posing so oh, really? standing in a certain way like yeah. for example 
Wonder Woman with your hands on your hips, yeah. just opening up. Like yeah, people yeah. do it, yeah. animals do it. We all make yeah. ourselves bigger, and it actually it does change your hormonal state and makes you physically. And wearing flat shoes sometimes helps people being barefooted. Um, that's really useful. <laughs> I know you're barefooted as well. <laughs> I um, like to I, be comfortable. I, all the way I, um, <laughs> I often no, well, I often speak publicly barefooted. It it just gives me the sense of the earth and the ground, and I can be real and authentic, and I don't get caught up in my fears and insecurities and you you see a lot of singers out there when they're early on stage when they're young they start off barefooted because they feel the ground they they know they're supported so what is that because I, I like to walk around on the grass <laughs> barefoot and i know you call it earthing and my husband says i'm just weird <laughs> <laughs> no earthing is a fine statement uh it's yeah you can can you feel yourself tuning into the earth can you i feel do feel like nourishing? very artificial if i've done stuff like sitting in a studio or sitting yeah. in an office and driving the car for a long time yeah. and i haven't been in nature yeah i feel not right i need to get out to there and pull some energy yeah, from the some, earth and getting fresh air and yeah so i mean i find that i get energized by being barefooted um and a lot of people can you know that contact with nature is enough to feel kind of present with universal aspects because everything's connected through nature but what interferes with our connections with each other is everything that is like an office and mechanical and technological and telephones and yeah and <laughs> computers well, things yeah social media <laughs> exactly things that kind of distract us from being present yeah and sometimes they can be a help but or they can also of course be a hindrance so lastly amanda it's been a pleasure having you here today Thank but you. if anyone wants to hear more from you or to get in touch with you if they have any questions can you leave us with your website or contact details sure thank you so you can get in touch um at amandamcgregor.com which is uh, amanda mcg regor.com or belovedlight.com and then I work um, at 16 Balderton Street in London or west of London uh, but if you just go to the website you'll find various different methods to get in touch with me fantastic so that is the end of the show I really hope that you've enjoyed it it has been a very kind of different show today um, but you know all health and fitness related so and wellness holistic health holistic health yeah thank you nicola it's been wonderful speaking to you we have covered some big areas so. <laughs> i could talk to you for ages and you know maybe a show on each topic <laughs> but yeah so if you want to hear more if you haven't heard the whole show i will be posting uh, a youtube video and also on my podcast as well so if you check out itunes the few store fit health and fitness podcast you can check it out that'll be on probably next week or the week after and um, look out for the YouTube channel. So always keep in contact via our Twitter page at Haze FM Official, or you can check out the Facebook page, Fustal Fit on air at 91.8 Haze FM. So it's been great talking to you guys today, and I will be back next week. Thank you. Thank you. The sound of Great West London. This is Haze FM. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave Nicola a review on iTunes. You can also check out the show notes and get other free content on her website, fustalfit.co.uk. If you'd like to contact Nicola, email nicola at fustalfit.co.uk.